Welcome to the Cry Mitt Mode podcast. A combination of our names. I'm Kippy Mitt. And I'm Rybert Mode. If you like consistency, then go somewhere else. Because this podcast is ever-changing. So this week... We are doing an edition of My Girlfriend's Not Going to Like This. And by edition, I mean we've never done this before. This is the first time we're ever trying any podcast at all. Now, My Girlfriend's Not Going to Like This thematically is uh, an exploration of movies that my partner, K-Mit, does not typically want to watch. (laughs) We have a lot of things in common, but certain movies are not things we have in common. Most. Most, most movies. movies that you like. <laughs> are things that you don't enjoy. It's endless podcast fodder, right? So, what I have done, because I want to watch movies I like, is built an entire podcast apparatus to get her to watch some of them. So this week, some people say that the bugs are responding to human infringement on their environment. To which I say, kill them all! And I don't want to go on vacation. I want to be a citizen. Because we watched the 1997 sci-fi film Starship Troopers, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Now, Kmit, had you ever heard of Starship Troopers before I told you we were watching it? Nope. Never. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of assumed. And I also assumed if you'd ever heard of it, its title would have turned you off immediately. And actually, I don't assume I know that, because... I recorded what you said to me when I told you we were watching it. And uh, what you said was, that name says, Kmit, don't watch this. (laughs) Uh, I then asked you, what do you think Starship Troopers will be about? And you said, it's a more serious Spaceballs. And then, uh, of course, the the natural response is, a more serious Spaceballs is just Star Wars. (laughs) It's... it's... (laughs) Uh, that being said, what do you think about it now? Just general, general broad feelings about it. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> just, just bad. Didn't, didn't have a great impression of Starship Troopers. No. Um, I'm just gonna share with you my title mm-hmm. for my notes, and that will kind of give you a look into my mind. I have because I wanted to stay positive. Things I liked was one of them. And then the second one was Big Nopes. (laughs) (laughs) The third was Things That Confuse Me. The fourth was Interesting Things. And the sixth was Things I Just Didn't Like About the Movie. (laughs) So wait, wait. You have Things I Liked, Big Nopes, Things You're Confused By interesting things and then so you have two sections for things you didn't like you needed to yeah yes but one's like just a general like well i could have lived without that mm. and then the big nopes is like how dare you invade my mind <laughs> dare you put this in <laughs> front of me well i guess we'll uh, we'll get into it you can point out big nopes i honestly at some point just want to go down the list but uh first we're going to go through a quick synopsis of the movie god i hope it's quick so um we begin with a propaganda piece coming up on screen. Uh, words fill the page, and then people start talking about doing their part for the military, which uh, came at you responded with, No! no. 
basically the second the movie started. So yeah, you have a ton of exposition in this movie delivered via propaganda. And the main idea is in this future, quote-unquote, utopian society, the way that you get to be a citizen is by serving in the military. Uh, It also sets up that bugs have begun to shoot meteors at the Earth. Just fire them like cannon shots. And uh, a plan for the humans to return fire and essentially attack the arachnids planet, as they're called. Uh, Do you remember what you said about them when you found out about the meteors? The asteroids getting fired at Earth? Oh, so it's Star Wars against rocks. Yeah, (laughs) Star Wars against rocks. Uh, We see the beginning of a news broadcast on the front lines of the battlefield on the aliens' planet Clandathu, and then uh, they are subsequently attacked by bugs. And then we jump one year earlier. I think, I don't know, what do you think? The introduction was probably because people were going to come to the movie, sit down, and see some douchebags in high school and be like, where the fuck is the bug shooting? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When are they going to shoot the bugs? (laughs) I do recall, like, the first 30 minutes saying... So what's this about? (laughs) Oh, Kelsey. That was the first hour and a half. (laughs) Uh, Thought that was 30 minutes. (laughs) No, no, probably like an hour. Time travel slow. Uh, We go back and we uh, meet all of our our main characters. I was going to say primary characters. (laughs) Who says that? Uh, Get in line! (laughs) In their high school. You know, in Buenos Aires. Uh, And Buenos Aires... uh, is the capital of Argentina. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm going to go out on a limb. None of the main cast are people who are native to Argentina. They are all white people. I would say probably American. I looked up the uh, the actor who plays the lead, Casper Van Diem, and he is like, I think it's like Dutch and English and French. <laughs> like, he is not from Argentina, nor are any of the characters. So yeah, we meet the main cast. Well, some of them might be. The background people. Oh, there are a <laughs> tremendous amount of background characters who aren't white, many of whom never talk. So, we meet the main cast. We meet Johnny Rico. And what do we know about Johnny Rico? We know he's bad at math. But we also know that he is great at space football. And as I said earlier, played by Casper Van Diem. We meet Carmen Ibanez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> White as snow. Uh, Johnny's girlfriend. Uh, she's smarter than Johnny. Uh, and she's excited to enlist as a pilot in the military. She's played by Denise Richards. We meet Carl Jenkins, the horny psychic genius. Played ably by Neil Patrick Harris, and of course you said he was... A Barney! (laughs) Barney from How I Met Your Mother is a horny psychic genius in Starship Troopers. Who saw that coming? No one ever could have. (laughs) Uh, We have Dizzy Flores, uh, who is clearly just constantly making eyes at Rico and constantly... Uh, trying to shoot down Carmen because she is into Rico and she is the captain of the Spaceball team. And a general badass. I'd say of all of the characters, she might actually be the most badass one. Uh, and it's a shame that she is into the most 
boring, dumb man in the world. No, no. You don't understand, Ryan. Mm -hmm. He's really good at space football. He's so good at space football. To sum it all down into, like, one small little ball, this man owes his life (laughs) to learning space football because every obstacle that comes in his way, he uses his space football. Um, He learns one set of skills at the beginning of the movie and then uses it to solve every problem until the credits roll. Yep. Uh, Especially those upside down flippy guys. (laughs) Upside down flippy, yeah. I realized that when you flip, you're upside down, but... (laughs) This motherfucker uses any excuse to flip. It's, it's, It's ridiculous. So, uh... We, we jump to a classroom scene, and we meet the teacher, John Rasek? Rasek? Sure. I think it's Rasek. Uh, John Rasek, he's played by Michael Ironside, and he gives a number of exposition dumps in, in this movie, and all of them are just uh, very depressing and bleak. So he he talks about in the classroom that democracy failed in the past and to get the reins right on the world, veterans took control of the country and I assume the world later on and essentially forced stability. Uh, He then goes on to talk about the philosophy of using force in general, uh, how voting is actually a use of force, and that ultimately violence is the supreme authority from which other forms of authority are derived, or in his own words, naked force solves more issues. Um, A citizen accepts personal responsibility for the body politic, defending it with his life. Uh, That's said by John Rico... Johnny Rico. I'm sorry, I called him John. He's a Johnny. Are, are you... <laughs> On Nick's name... Nick's names? Nick, <laughs> Nick, Nick names. <laughs> nickname basic with... Nickname basis with Johnny Rico. Uh, <laughs> My boy John. Johnny Rico says that to his teacher, and then the teacher does the... Uh, it's, it's the thing you've seen a, a million times. You understand the words, and you understand the textbook, but... Do you really understand what it means? All the characters get their grades. Johnny gets a shitty grade in math because Johnny sucks at math, but he kicks ass at space football. Mm. His girlfriend gets a 97 in math, which is the thing you need to become a pilot, I think. We don't even see his psychic genius friends. Doesn't even matter. His friend is a psychic genius. That's all you need to know about him. Carl. Barney. Barney. (laughs) Uh, there is a nickname I'm going to bring up later that they did call him on set. Uh, <laughs> there's a thing they started calling Barney on the set of Starship Troopers. Okay, so they go and dissect, bu- dissect bugs. And at which point the teacher in that classroom, while they are just cutting bugs open and being totally disgusted by them, talks about how they are perfect members of society. Uh, because they don't... <laughs> They essentially don't have wants. So what this movie is setting up is that people should maybe be bugs. So then we get to the fun scene. The space football scene. What did you think about seeing space football for the first time? Well, I know it was space football. Hmm. Because the ball was silver. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And it's future. It's future. It's a future 
space game. Yeah, they're wearing, I believe, neon red and neon blue, which also tells you that it's the future. It's future. Uh, Great colors. What what would you say rules-wise? Did you get a feeling for how space football in the future as a game is different from football in in the present day? A lot more flips. (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs) that's what I was going to say. Yeah, um, so it's basically football. Except you do flips and shit. Oh, uh, and it's indoors. And it's indoors. Yeah, it's an indoor, like, it almost looks like a soccer field. <laughs> like, an indoor soccer field. No? More like a lacrosse. Oh, um, yeah, totally. Uh, and also, it's the only rules difference I noticed is that it it didn't seem like they could throw full punches, but they could definitely just elbow each other in the face and that wasn't a problem. They were just, like, throwing wild elbows at each other. Uh, we meet a romantic rival to Johnny, who is after Carmen, and we also, because he's the protagonist, need to assert that Johnny is physically superior to him. So the way that this romantic rival meets Carmen is he is the, I believe, captain of the opposing football, spaceball team, I'm sorry. Space football? Space football. <laughs> Space football team. And Johnny outflips him. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> How do you assert your dominance, Ryan? <laughs> you, you flip better, obviously. He flipped over one... Listen, if you can flip over two people... Yeah. And I don't mean, like, flip the people. I mean, like, legit no, no, just like, up and over two I, people standing up. I think multiple rotations in the air, too. Yeah. It's not just, like, one clean flip. It's like he's spinning a bit. So, Nothing makes you look stronger than zero contact. In a contact sport. So he outflips the new character, Xander, and he outflips him to such a degree that Xander literally projectiles into the audience and lands right next to Carmen. Uh, they have a bit of a face-off on the space football field after that, and where Xander says the, uh, the iconic line, All is fair in love and war, but then Johnny beats him at spaceball. But Xander still gets to flirt with Carmen. Rico goes home. All right. On a last name basis. I'm going to call him Mr. Rico. Uh, Sir Rico. <laughs> uh, Rico, we find out, wants to enlist in the federal service. Or he's at least interested in it because they mail a brochure to his house. Or as he puts it, see the galaxy for a couple of years. Uh, and his parents are dead set against it. And they are insistent that Rico not join the military and instead... Go to Harvard. Yes, because in the future, when giant bugs are hurling rocks at your earth, yeah. you need to go to Harvard. Like The entire breakdown of society happened, and like we had multiple wars, and we have a now like quasi-fascist dictatorship, but... Harvard still like it's well and his whole family is wearing very white silvery I think mm-hmm. there's even pearls mm-hmm. um they have a lot of plants indoors and then you look outside and it's kind of like deserty yeah, in it's their area. Desert. yeah <laughs> it, 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 it's just I like it's not wrong like Oxford is a school that has been around for hundreds of years it's not impossible for Harvard to continue existing but in a movie where there is a bug alien planet called Clendathu it's it's a bit strange for it to be like yes uh and we're just doing a ton of weird crazy sci-fi shit but Harvard's still around all right so they they go to prom 
and and of course Rico is torn. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know if he wants to follow his girlfriend into the military or if he wants to, uh, as you said in the opening, uh, go on vacation paid for by his family uh, instead of becoming a citizen. Because once again, the way to become a citizen in this world is you have to serve in the military or i believe do some public service but we never see anyone doing that we see people enlisting in the military uh he talks with his teacher and the teacher essentially says i don't know make your own decisions <laughs> dizzy tries to dance with him and he just outright rejects her because he he like hates dizzy he just I mean, he continues to he hates her so much for no reason she's, she's like, just into him and he's like fuck you <laughs> I like you so much. Yeah. You. We get him rejecting Dizzy, and then we get Barney from How I Met Your Mother just, like, horny dancing up to her and kind of, like, trying to gyrate his body. What? I was doing what he was doing. That's the yeah. dance. These are I... voices, though. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh... <laughs> it is... All right, to get a picture of what I was doing, I was dancing very well. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then he goes and makes out with Carmen, and then I think they imply they go and, like, sleep hang with each out. other. They, yeah, they go hang out while her dad's away. That's, uh, that's what they do. Yeah. So Rico does go and join the mobile infantry. Uh, Carmen is accepted to be a pilot, obviously. And Carl, the psychic genius, is accepted into the Games and Theory Division, which is military intelligence. And I don't know why Games and Theory sticks out to me so much, because that's a terrifying name for military intelligence. It really sounds like their job is to mess with everyone, which is actually kind of what they do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a game. Send bodies in. If they die, well, we're not there. <laughs> They're our players. There's a great scene where uh, where Rico is signing up for the mobile infantry, and uh, it's to a guy who has, like, a robot hand. And he's like, the mobile infantry is great. Made me the man I am today. And they pull back, and the man has no legs because they were clearly, like, blown off in some military incident or fighting bugs or something. And this is when it dawned on me that... Starship Troopers is is like the book slash, at least I've seen the old version of it, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Ah, I've the, read the book. The opening is very similar in that they are just being inspired in school to go and enlist and fight in wars. And then like, you know, in All Quiet on the Western Front, they experience the horror of war and how unglamorous and tragic and brutal it is. And in Starship Troopers, we kind of get that, but we also kind of get them experiencing war as awesome bros. and fulfilling bros. Brings the bros together. It really brings the bros together. And let me tell you something. It's a unisex bros. All, all brings bros. Brings the bros. Bros of all genders come together to be bros. Well, if this movie is one thing, it's all about equality. <laughs> Diversity <laughs> and inclusion. Yeah, that's what Starship Troopers is about. While also starring, I believe, in the director's own words, the most Aryan leads possible. <laughs> So, yes, they enlist in the army. Diz also joins the military, but I'm not certain we actually see her. 
No, she just shows up later. Yeah. Carmen goes off to training to be a pilot. So they're in separate places and Rico goes off to his own infantry training. Then we jump to another propaganda piece where we see soldiers playing with kids and handing them guns. And also a delightful news piece where they talk about Mormon extremists who ignored warnings and formed a colony on a planet, and they just all got slaughtered by arachnids, and you just... I don't know why the idea that Mormons are the ones who are going to go to space... It's a thing I've seen in multiple shows. It's in the show The Expanse as well. A big part of The Expanse is that Mormonism is one of the main religions that expanded outside of Earth to, like, colonize the universe. And it's just, I can kind of see it, I guess. That's, it makes sense. that, that You'd kind of be like, yeah, they would want to spread the gospel, wouldn't they? I feel like Catholics would be too lazy. I don't think they'd pull it off. I think Catholics would be too too eager to just keep messing around on Earth. Mm, to be like, let's yeah. move somewhere else. They'd be like, we can take over here now. You know, a thing I don't see, but I wish yeah. I had seen in this movie, is an earnest attempt to, like to convert the bugs <laughs> like listen maybe maybe if these bugs hear about jesus they'll change their tune near the end they're like yay fear mm. and that's kind of the whole thing uh <laughs> yay fear is the theme of starship troopers <laughs> Yeah. So we jump to Rico entering into his first day in training. Rico meets his drill sergeant, Zim. Now, did you recognize drill sergeant Zim? I'm not gonna lie, I actually have a really zero memory. It's the guy who was yelling at them in the lineup. Drill Sergeant Zim introduces himself by shouting at all of the recruits, and then one of the recruits starts laughing, and he shouts at that guy a bunch, and then he starts laughing more. And then Zim just starts beating him with a stick. Uh, and then he makes that guy run laps and then commands someone else to follow that man <laughs> as he's him. running laps. <laughs> and as, as, as the man is running off to follow him, you just see him like pull out the stick ready to beat him more. Uh, so Zim is the guy shouting at them. And Zim is played by Clancy Brown. And anytime we encounter Clancy Brown, I'm going to point it out because Clancy Brown is also known as... Mr. Krabs in Spongebob. Oh, okay. No, I didn't, I did not catch on to that. Uh, that's pretty reasonable. Uh, but yes, the, the entire time, Clancy Brown is an incredible actor. He's been in a lot of things, but it is so hard for me to divorce him specifically from playing Mr. Krabs. Zim, his way of teaching these students is challenging the biggest one of them to fight him, and then he just beats that guy up and breaks his arm, at which point we're introduced once again to Diz, who actually shows up and then tries to fight Zim, and she actually holds her own for a bit. When Diz for like shows two up, hits. Yeah, and when Diz shows up, Rico is pissed. He is so mad that she's there. And then when she does two hits, he's like, ah, oh, shit, she's doing well. And then Zim beats her up and chokes her out. And we cut to Rico smiling as it happens. <laughs> he is like, yes, beat her up. <laughs> I am this mad at her that I want her to get choked. So... Uh, we also have an introduction of a new character. Uh, Rico befriends through intimidation at the lunch line Ace, uh, who is also played 
I don't know if this is going to ring a bell to you. He's played by Jake Busey. Do you know Gary Busey? No. No? Okay. Gary Busey is... In fact, I might just show you a picture of Gary Busey. It is one of the few times in my life I've been able to tell right away that an actor is related to another actor because of the teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> literally, Jake Busey has inherited his father's teeth. And when I watched this movie for the first time, I, I just, I don't know. I just felt it. I was like, no one looks like this. Unless they have a genetic blood relation to Gary Busey. And as it turns out, he's his son. And if you look up Jake Busey now, not gonna lie, Jake Busey as Ace in Starship Troopers looks interesting. But I think Jake Busey now, he's actually kind of hot, I think. Uh, you know who he kind of looks like? Who does he look like? I'm, I'm not going to say their name. I think I know who you're saying. Yeah. Uh, someone I work with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you well, see it? Yeah, I do a bit. Well, now I know you're attracted someone, to him. Someone uh, <laughs> I work with is pretty hot, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so yes, he, he befriends Jake Busey, uh, a Nepo baby. At the time the movie came out, one of the things people talked the most about, and I think it's a scene you've probably already forgotten, is the shower scene in this movie. Where they're all in the shower? Where all of... Yes, they are in a unisex shower. I think uh, that's actually common. In, yeah. Uh, in, like, in mixed militaries. I mean, yeah. I suppose you probably don't have a well, ton of Well, it's space. also... I guess it happens with, like, tree planting, too. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, there's a ton of... But, like, this... When the movie came out, this was, like, weirdly a big deal. And I just have to say, being an adult who's had Netflix for, like, ten years, nudity in movies doesn't really... Like, it doesn't even move the needle anymore. Like, you just see it and you're like, yeah, they're naked, whatever. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> Yeah. How do you feel about nudity in movies? Now you seem really, like you really don't want to talk about them. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I feel like I'm going into someone's purse. That no, that sounds bad. I mean, <laughs> I'm going. I don't like nudity in movies because it feels like I'm going into someone's purse. No, that no, is no. The, I take it back. That is I a did. Freudian slip. My God. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like someone's having breakfast in the morning, and I'm just like, hey, what you doing? <laughs> And they're just eating breakfast, and yeah. I'm, like, I know the word, I'm imposing. Mm, you feel like you are imposing by watching someone naked in a movie. Yes. Okay. Specifically when it's very out of place nudity. How would you feel about the fact that the director claims that people wouldn't shoot this scene unless the cast and crew were also naked for it? So the director and the head of cinematography were naked while filming this okay now it sounds like they were filming something else on top of this <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's interesting as a scene because you have all the characters in the showers and this isn't really a movie that delves down on character very much would you agree with that I uh, yes, like, I very much agree. What's a trait Rico has? Like a he's a really good athlete, <laughs> <Yeah>. Ryan. <laughs> what's a trait? Oh, your name. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. 
I, I don't care, I scream. Uh, Rico doesn't really have traits, and a lot of the people's motivations, this is the scene where they talk about why they joined the military. So they, uh, they have a number of reasons that are kind of also world-building. Uh, one of the characters got accepted to Harvard. Once again, Harvard's a thing in this movie for some reason. Uh, but he can't afford it, so the military is going to pay for his college. Uh, one woman wants to get a license to have a baby. The thing that bothers me about that part is it doesn't dive in to why you need a license for a child. Like, it, it just goes, I want a baby, so I have to get a license. Not exactly worded like that. It's more like, I don't know. It's it's basically that. No, I think she it was it was basically like you can't have a kid unless you're a citizen. Like you're not or no, no, it's not that you can't. It's I think she said it's easier to get a license to have a baby if you're a citizen. Yeah, I don't even know if she like her first statement though was like I want a baby. Like they're asking why they're all here and she's like I want a baby and they're all like mm. I got you. Yeah. Like, they all know that you need, like, a license for a child. Mm-hmm. And then they go, anyway, and move on. <laughs> yeah, let's all just take this horrifying daily thing we've come to accept. Uh, and then another woman wants to become a politician. And once again, you need to have done your service and you need to be a citizen to be able to hold office as well. What we see Rico do next is a thing that Carmen told him to do. And this is another just thing that's popping into your head, into my head. <laughs> uh, How did you know it was popping into my head? So before they they part ways, Carmen says to Rico, write me. Yes. Write. As in letters. Yeah, write as in letters. I think you even said write to where? Space? Well, she's a pilot. Like, it's not like it's going to, like, a main base. <laughs> it's not going to, because like, Because she's office. flying around. Yeah. So, uh, this is where we find out what they mean by writing. And what they mean by writing is recording video diaries for each other. But he- here's the funny thing. It's sent on a disc. It's sent on... It's the- not sent through internet. It's sent... Like a disc yeah, is sent to them. it's sent on like GameCube tiny discs. Like they're not even big. They're they're like they're not CD sized. They're like tiny little discs. Uh, of course, you said that's not writing, uh, but well, it's not. <laughs> Rico records this letter to Carmen while Ace plays Civil War music in the. It, it, it's literally like him recording a video diary. In a Ken Burns documentary where it's just like, it has been so long since we last saw each other. Beautiful violin. Yeah, I'm really good at uh, (laughs) making up music on the spot. But it's just, it's so funny that hundreds of years in the future, it seems like Ace is like pointedly making a reference. (laughs) yeah because he does it again mm, but ace, with a with like a space violin ace just loves his space violin yeah we'll we'll get to the space violin and what color it is <laughs> uh so then we see carmen uh we actually follow her a lot it's almost like most of the movie is focused on rico but there's pretty lengthy diversions into how things are going for carmen uh and her training uh her learning to be a pilot and of course 
her running into Xander, the space football man, again. Where he immediately says, this wasn't fate. I tracked you down, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. in a very creepy way, is like, yeah, so I heard there was someone doing well as a space pilot, and then I heard it was you, and I manipulated the system so that we would have to meet each other. Uh... And it's in the first scene with Carmen flying a spaceship with this guy, uh, where we see that the spaceships they fly are Star Destroyers from Star Wars. They are flying the spaceships that the bad guys in Star Wars fly. Like, this movie is not subtle about how it views its protagonists. Something I did note was the fear acting specifically in anyone flying a ship was incredibly bad. (laughs) (laughs) And any fear acting that happened throughout the rest of the military was decent. They they looked a little scared. Yeah, the infantry people pulled it off, but the pilot people Uh, were like, oh! I wouldn't say they pulled it off, but (laughs) they looked a little more like, oh no, big bugs. And then when the people are flying their little ships there, they're so monotone. They're like, look out. Things are happening. The Watch asteroid out. is coming. We are going down. <laughs> yeah, you are kind of right. Yeah, they don't really have a... Whereas... Their expressions don't change either. Yeah, most of the fear <laughs> acting in infantrymen is something more like, Oh God! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and these ships are crashing down to this planet and they're like, What is happening? What should we do now? We almost died. That was scary. Yeah. Go. Go without me. I will <laughs> die here. No, I cannot go. You must go. Follow me. Oh my god. You, you <laughs> reading this wooden, wooden acting is really, really reminding me that this is the way I'm going to get you to watch the Star Wars prequels. No, you They're can't. They're so bad. You don't get all the things. I don't, don't get all the things. <laughs> <laughs> one day. One day. You get uh, one thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Carmen's doing great as a pilot with a super sketchy guy. And then we see uh, that Rico starts to get a bit closer to Diz because they keep doing good in military drills together because they're doing football. They're doing space football drills and using space football tactics to win actual battles against other people where they're shooting like lasers that knock you out at one another. And ultimately he becomes the squad leader. However, tragedy falls. Because Carmen has realized that the thing she's really in love with is being a pilot. So I I think my favorite part of how she breaks up with him Mm. is she starts out in her like little room or something and she's like, Wow, things are great. Everything's awesome. And then it just like shows a planet and she's like, isn't it pretty? I'm breaking up I, with you. I, I decided I like flying more than you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, it's weird because it feels like she filmed the first part and the second part like weeks apart from each other. Because the first part is almost kind of like flirty. Like, hey, if you're not squad leader yet... Tell him to talk to me. I've got a good word to put in for you. And then the next one is her, like, like in a hallway, like, very formally, it is time for us to end our relationship. 
but don't forget to write me. A.K.A. not writing, videoing. I hope we can still be friends. And then Ace says, like, some... Once again, the dialogue of this movie is intentionally cornball as hell. And it's just something like, man, it's weird how they always want to be friends after they've ripped your guts out. I, I wish... I should have very generic should have written way more lines but then more tragedy falls you see because they're doing a live ammunition drill which Rico is the captain of the team while they're dealing with live ammunition and one of their crewmates he starts to have helmet malfunctions and his helmet isn't working and I don't even really know what that means because it's falling in his eyes oh yeah yeah so Rico takes the dude's helmet off one of their teammates gets shot and then she basically misfires and shoots the guy in the face and it blows like half of his head off to which rico says my favorite line of the movie uh a recurring bit has been that zim breaks someone's arm or hurts somebody in some incredibly stupid way he actually throws a knife through ace's hand uh, when Ace is like, why are we training to throw knives? How is this possibly useful in anything we're going to do? And Zim just throws a knife through his hand and he goes like, see? And it doesn't answer the question at all. He just stabbed a guy. Uh, but every time Zim does something like that, he goes, medic. And then a medic comes and heals them. But when Rico sees his teammate get shot, like, clearly, the man is dead. He gets shot in the head. Half of his head is gone. And he just goes, Medic! It's my favorite goddamn line in the movie. I don't know why. Such a good read. How did you feel about him getting just demolished? Like most of this movie, it feels out of place. Hmm. Like... Not, like, obviously it's got a whole thing it's falling, but, like, it, things just kind of happen. Mm. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that happened. And then you continue on with your watch. <laughs> um, just, that happened anyways. <laughs> yeah, and you're not really, like, married to any characters. You're not like, no. oh, this is a real bummer. You're like, <laughs> wait, who? Yeah, you, you kind of watch them die and you're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I- <laughs> So Rico, because of this, because he was in command and because he took the helmet off, is punished. He's given corporal punishment. Specifically, I think five lashes, maybe ten lashes. I think it was ten. He's flogged. Uh, Whoa. The the funny thing about this is, like, even now, like, in this time, flogging's kind of like a pushed away thing. So in the future, they just went, we have these lasers and space footballs. But let's use thick rope to hit people. Oh boy, are we going to talk about the politics of the guy who wrote the book this movie is based on? Uh, yeah, so they they flog him. Uh, and Commander and uh, Sergeant Zim, is. you actually see that he's kind of a sweetheart who cares about his students. You know, after breaking their arms and throwing fucking knives through their hands. Because he gives them a piece of wood to put in his mouth. Because it, it helps with the pain when he's getting whipped. What a sweetheart. Yes. Sergeant Zim. Real emotional depth. Well, he he connects with him by giving him the, like, rope in his mouth. And he says, um, trust me. I know. Yeah. So he's kind of like saying, you and me, we're the same. It happened. We are the same straw in the cup. Yeah. That's not a saying. Yeah. But what a, like, fatherly, what a... (laughs) 
<laughs> what a what a beautiful relationship they have. Uh, so uh, we then cut very quickly to literally almost most scenes with Carmen are Xander flirting with Carmen and then saying three, two, one and making her do something. And it really seems like Xander does nothing and Carmen does all the actual work. Uh, that seems to be their entire relationship. And we see them do that with an asteroid. An asteroid is flying by their spaceship all of a sudden. And I actually think this is this is a really cool moment to me. Because the way they realize there's an asteroid in space, I don't care. The science probably does not add up. And I don't really care about that. Is they like look around and they notice there's a gravitational field nearby that they didn't expect. Because the asteroid would have gravity. And you actually see one of their cups on like uh i think you actually said why do they have drinks near these electronics <laughs> uh but yeah they have a glass full of whiskey i think and you see the whiskey start to tilt in the glass because the gravity of the asteroid is affecting how the liquid sits and which way is like up and down for it and i think that's a very cool effect anyways they dodge an asteroid and they're fine but oh one thing so actually two things about that yeah when they are dodging this asteroid the emergency button is in a case of glass that they have to smash, which... It's, it's not like it's... Now there's broken glass all over the place. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the reason you have those things most of the time are so people don't screw with them, but you'd think on the bridge of a military ship, the button that is like, let us not die, you wouldn't want that... To have anything in between you and pushing that button if it's a life or death situation, right? And the other thing. Yeah. So, while it's happening, they have to dodge this giant rock hurtling towards them. And they are like, you have to hit the button, but at the right time. And the right time is when it's like almost touching the nose of the ship. Yeah. And then when they press the button, no cool thing happens. They just go underneath yeah, it. They just, they just dive underneath the rock. It does and then damage happens because they're diving, but they dove too like close. So the top of the ship just gets taken off. It does beg the question, why didn't they just start diving immediately? But they like they were intentionally like, not yet. You have to wait for the right time. And the right time is before they hit it. <laughs> like, you could dive at any point and it was like, no, no, no. You have to wait till your nose kissing the rock no, and then dive last, underneath it. Last possible second. That's when you got to um, do it. It probably uh, cost so many lives. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The t whole top of the ship gets knocked off, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, she avoids an asteroid. Where could it have been going? They weren't expecting an asteroid. So at the same time, Rico quits the military, and he's calling his mom and dad, asking them if he can come home. And then their feed cuts. And they hear... Suddenly he sees everyone get very excited. And uh, they essentially realize that Buenos Aires was hit by an asteroid, shot at them by the arachnids from Clendathu. And his parents and everyone he knows, everyone Diz knows, everyone Carmen knows, everyone Carl knows, although I don't think Carl gives a shit about anybody. Uh, all of those people are now dead. So, 
uh, Rico goes and re-enlists in the military, like, right away. He and basically walks out of the building and goes, ah, dang, and mm. walks back in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is the extent of him leaving the military. I don't uh, think he, he even leaves the compound. Yeah. Uh, we get the Propaganda Vid 3. Once again, the Propaganda Vids, they essentially act as act breaks in the movies whenever there's, like, a major sequence shift in what they're doing. That, and it gives... Uh, I noted that it gave information that mm. they just didn't want to put in the movie, it felt yeah. like. Like, they were like, here's a lot of information with a yeah. fun little cut. It's a fun way to put in exposition. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, so they essentially announce war is declared against Clendathu. And my I wrote in my notes when we were watching the movie... Uh, war is declared. They weren't at war already. <laughs> uh, why? Why is military service so important then? Uh, so yeah, war is declared. Uh, we we see kids squashing bugs. Uh, we and have, like parents cheering. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Squash those bugs. They're totally different bugs. The bugs they're fighting are aliens. But I guess that doesn't. People do actually kind of work that way. Uh, we get an amazing line. Uh, once again, one of my favorites. The only I should have probably opened with that one, honestly. The only good bug is a dead bug. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a good one. And I mean, obviously, also, if you're going for parallels to the real world, I think... I mean, you've probably heard this about any... You can say this about any group, but the version I've heard is always, the only good communist is a dead communist. The propaganda videos have some of my favorite goddamn lines ever, and I find it so funny that someone is like, some humans think we should, uh, a news reporter specifically says, some humans think we should make peace with the aliens, and that they are only responding because we have begun to infringe onto their territory. And Rico is, like, walking past at the time, and he just yells into the microphone, KILL them ALL! They prepare for the first battle. Rico and Xander happen to meet each other and Carmen is there and they have another, like, man-off. Rico punch. I think Rico mainly beats up Xander and then Xander maybe punches him, like, once and then they get pulled away. And then, of course, Rico gets a tattoo because... Nothing shows hardcore growth. Yeah. Like getting a tattoo when you're at your most vulnerable. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so then we have a government video where, the, once again, just showing, I think it was at this point we were watching the movie and you were like, these aren't, they're not the good guys. Are, the humans aren't the good guys in this movie, are they? And then we have a, immediately a government video where someone just says, it is important that we be the dominant species in the galaxy. It's like, oh yeah, you just want power. So they go down. And they are just immediately wiped out trying to invade the bugs' homeworld. Their guns barely hurt the bugs. Uh, and Which makes me think, what would knives do? <laughs> <laughs> we at no point, sadly, we don't see anybody throw a knife at one of the arachnids. But my god, that would be amazing. Uh, so yeah, the guns don't really work. We have... Uh, we we have the ships, they're flying through space, and there's, like, essentially plasma bursts of artillery fire coming at them. And they just have the very uncomfortable, or the very uh, silly dialogue of, like, 
Yeah, these plasma bursts are totally random. They see them hit one ship. That doesn't look very random to me. See them hit another ship. Someone made a very big mistake. <laughs> and then another ship, and the ships just start, like, crashing into each other. That's, what like, That's definitely not random. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's all within a breath. Yeah. Like, it's like... Yeah, the majority... They're all random. They're not all random. They really don't look random. Someone made a mistake. Someone made a very big mistake. That was it. Yeah, that was the dialogue. Uh, and the majority of their fleet is wiped out almost immediately. Uh, and then on the ground, they are just getting devoured. They are also, uh, they find some artillery firing bugs, and they literally have rocket launchers that are nukes. They are shooting nukes at things that they are then standing near. So no one is getting out of this movie without cancer. They are all covered in radiation. Rico uh, proves that he is a natural leader in a very, very subtle way. Where uh, Ace, who has become the new squad leader because Rico was demoted and, and flogged, they actually see bugs and Ace panics. And he doesn't give a command to the squad, but Rico very heroically says, Kill them all! And then they start firing at the bugs. What a leader. Which what is followed leader. by... Retreat! Yeah, <laughs> it is then followed with them receiving a general retreat. And that is when we uh, cut into the opening of the movie where the guy is filming the news report with the bugs attacking them. The news reporter, Rico, runs past... The uh, news reporter gets killed, and the cameraman is just filming the news reporter die horribly. And then the cameraman keeps filming. Rico's like, get out of here. The cameraman starts running, still filming. Rico starts fighting a bug. The cameraman stops and begins filming again, and then is killed by something immediately. And then Rico is seriously injured. Oh, no. Uh, he sees most of his squad get killed. The only people who make it out are Ace and Diz. And then a bug attacks him and we cut to black. Cut to another propaganda video announcing that a hundred thousand people died in a single hour fighting these bugs. And just for reference, uh, the Battle of Stalingrad in World War II, which I think is the highest like death in a battle ever, it does beat th those numbers. Uh, more than 630,000 people died. But that battle lasted for six months. So, uh, <laughs> doing the math... I did this very So give them math. six hours and they'll be caught up? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, so if the battle lasted as long as Stalingrad did, the death toll would be 438 million people. Uh, which is about seven times more than the total amount of deaths in World War II. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah a hundred thousand people in a single hour would like be the most devastating loss in human history. Uh, they bring up the idea that it seems like these bugs actually have strategy, which is why they were so easily defeated, because the humans clearly don't have any strategy. Uh, someone implies brain bugs might be a thing, to which someone else replies, I find the idea of brain bugs offensive. And they change leadership because, you know, the leadership screwed up. 
Uh, we get ready for more war. Car- Carmen hears that Rico is dead. She sees that his, uh, his name show up on the killed in action list. But as it turns out, he's only actually injured, and that was just a bureaucratic error for no reason. I also like that that's never really, like talked about no it's just like yeah they they the way they kind of hand wave it is they just have ace and diz run up happily to him in a back to t- tank from star wars and they're like hey man looks like you're dead <laughs> also can we just acknowledge he is in a tub of what like submerged mm. in a tub of some type of liquid mm-hmm. and he has a tube going to his mouth yeah and he's essentially sleeping mm. but his nose is free to breathe totally, liquid. Totally unobstructed for him to drown, yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't think that one through. Uh, so they join a new squad, and they join Raznik's Roughnecks, mm. which is the... Uh, it's actually led by their high school teacher, because he re-enlisted in the army. Um, because he just loves the army. Just loves it. We're also running out of characters to care about. Yeah, you're right. They did kill off pretty much the entire original squad. The they really attack on Titan the original squad. <laughs> so we have uh, what they their new tactic is just carpet bombing the surface of planets and then having infantry go in and mop up, which begs the question once again: Why was that not your first tactic? Even if you assumed the bugs don't have brain bugs. Well, if, if they go in after the bomb, there's a lot of radiation stuff down there. They're firing nukes. They're, they're, these, all of them are just rife with tumors. Uh, Rico proves himself to the captain by doing a fucking badass football flip. Um, yeah, football follows him everywhere. Space football will forever be part of this man. Yeah, this man's identity is It helps him grow. So he does a football flip onto the back of one of the giant armored bugs, and he, like, shoots a hole in it, and then he throws a grenade into it. And the teacher is like, Where did you learn that? And he says, You don't remember? I was on the football team. You gotta uh, give it to the movie for at least acknowledging that they're like... stupid that is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if there's anything Starship Troopers does well, it is acknowledging how stupid Starship Troopers is. Uh, so the captain rewards them with booze, green space violins, which Ace just immediately begins just tearing into, and uh, silver space footballs. In fact, they're drinking their beer out of uh, paper cups that have clearly been wrapped in, like, tinfoil just to make them silver as well because it's the future. And everything in the future is silver. Everything in the future is Actually, silver. Actually, if you even go back to, like, the prom, yeah, everyone is wearing silver, white, and black. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's the future. I don't know what to tell you. Diz is like, hey, want to dance? And he's like, no. And then the teacher's like, hey, never let a good thing go. So uh, the teacher encourages Rico to get together with Diz, and they do. They go into a silver space tent and have what I presume... Well, actually, they're about to have what I presume is silver space sex, but instead... No, it's snuggle time. Snuggle time. They go to have, they go to have shirtless snuggle time. Uh, and then the, the captain comes in and he is like, We gotta go in ten minutes. There's shit happening. And Rico, and then he realizes he's in bed with Diz, and he's like, oh, 20 20. minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know what? 
in urgency situations, <laughs> yeah. you still got to get your snuggle time. Got to get your rocks off. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I did not <laughs> like that. You got to look through someone's purse. <laughs> you didn't need to bring that up. Um, so they go, uh, The it turns out the emergency is that they have gone to a compound full of dead soldiers. Uh, there's a compound where everybody is dead. There's a general hiding in a fridge and he's kind of a coward. Uh, but he's like, the brain bug was here. They sucked out that dude's brain. And then, uh, it turns out it's a trap and the bugs surround them. And there's this huge, huge, I'd say probably the biggest battle scene of the movie. It's probably like 10, 15 minutes of them just shooting bugs. Uh, herds of them. Herds. Like, uh, the screen is full of bugs. This might be my time... I think for a movie from 1997, the bugs look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they don't, like, stay on them very long. And they're very wide shots. Yes. The bugs, though, look pretty cool. Yeah, they do. Um, so we have, we have the bugs attacking them. We get, like, weirdly humanized bugs a lot of the time. Like, you see the bugs close up on their eyes and you see them look, like, afraid when people are shooting them. Mm-hmm. I do have to point out yes. that Jurassic Park mm-hmm. did better with creature. With creature string. design? Yeah. Creature. Yeah. Um, and that was in 1993. 1993. I So I feel like Star Troopers could have stepped its game up a tad. I, I need to double check this. I'm going to double check this right now. But I believe that Phil Tippett was actually the guy who did the bugs in Starship Troopers. And if that's the case, then he is also the guy who did the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Well, then he's slacking. Yeah, his studio is the one who did it, uh, and he did a t- he did it with a team of a hundred and see so you you're saying Starship Troopers is Bill Tip sorry Phil Tippett taking it easy. I could be biased because Jurassic Park is just forever part of my heart. Hmm. Um, but yeah, for 1993, th- the bugs could have been better. Get it together, Phil Tippett. I think they could have had to move a little more rather than just like. Boing, boing, boing. Um, and then, like, off screen. Phil <laughs> yeah. Tip, maybe if you weren't making an amazing claymation movie for 20 years, the bugs and starship troopers claymation would have been movie. Uh, We're going to watch it. It's called Mad God. I despise claymation. Oh, I know you do. I haven't seen Mad God yet either, but I'm really excited to. With Is you. It cl- don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were you going to say? Isn't claymation... Like... Was Coraline? Yes. Claymation? Okay. Yeah, I don't like claymation. Walls and Gromit? Yep. Those are the only claymations you like, I like. Those are the ones you and like? And Coraline freaks me out. No, we're going to do some claymation. I almost did a claymation movie for this one. No. Um, anyways, so they're attacked. It's a huge scene. Um, the teacher, Rasik, is actually sucked underground and his legs are taken off as they're pulling him out. And Rasik is like, they can clearly rescue him. But the ship is right there. The ship, the ship, la- Carmen, Carmen lands a, like, rescue operation ship. Uh, and, and, and Rasik is like, no, kill me. He's like, you know what to do. Yeah. And it's like, but he's not being dragged down. So he's just like, I don't want to, 
I'm tired of living. <laughs> I, just, I think I'd he just didn't want to live without legs. I guess, but like, they clearly can make robot legs. Uh, but I know what you mean. Like, he's just not into it. Yeah, so Rico Mercy kills him and becomes the commanding officer. And then, uh, yeah, the, the ship lands. Uh, and as they're running, as Diz... Diz is, like, mourning the loss of the teacher. And then the ship lands and she's just immediately like, Yay! And, like, running towards the ship. She kills something with mm. a grenade. She and, does. And, like, yells yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because she's excited she killed the thing. And as she starts to, like, jog <laughs> nice and steadily over to the ship. And then an arachnid sneaks up behind her and just stabs her like 600 times. I would not call it sneaking up. It was very loud and it was <laughs> moving very clunky. <laughs> Actually, I think Rico was watching and going like, no! <laughs> he was like, look out! And she was like, ha ha ha! So she gets stabbed 600 times, clearly like through the heart. But they take her onto the ship. Oh, yeah. And rescue her. She, she can definitely survive. Yeah. So uh, in that case, Carmen re- recognizes that, or realizes that Rico is alive. It's honestly not that big a deal. Like, Oh, she, uh, the guy beside her. Yeah, Xander her. is Xander, like, he's yeah. like, just so you know, your boy, he, he back there. Yeah. And then he, Rico comes up and he gives a command. Yeah. And then the command is immediately shot down. Yeah. And then... He just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's uh, that's their whole... And then Diz, Diz has the line like, At least I had you. I got to have you. And once again... You know, again, 20 minutes before we had to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we had sex once, and also, like... Snuggle time. He's... He's not a catch. Like, he's he's an empty man. You don't understand. He's really good. At space he football. He's really good at space. Listen, if there's one piece of advice this podcast can give, it's that you should hold a torch to that for that one person from high school and define your entire life around it. It's a great idea. They go to a funeral. They go to Diz's funeral. Uh, apparently one of the only people who gets funerals in this world because a lot of people die. Uh, but they go to her funeral and Rico gives... The most emotionless speech. And he basically doesn't talk about her qualities as a person. He just is like, she was an excellent... She she, <laughs> she was, was a good soldier. She was a good soldier. She would make a great citizen. She died for the Federation. Like, that doesn't was Doesn't acknowledge that, you know, they were snuggle buddies. She said, I loved you, and he was like, eh. This movie <laughs> loves... Not returning. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think yous. anyone ever says I love you in this movie and gets a response of I love you back. I think it's always I love you and then And then the other person's like, ha, I gotta catch my plane. <laughs> so uh so Carl, their high school buddy, uh for in games games and theory shows up. And how how would you say Carl is dressed? Like a Nazi? He's dressed He's dressed like an officer of the SS. And uh, before he was famous for How I Met Your Mother, he was famous for a show called Doogie Hauser, where he played a teen doctor. I've heard of it, but I yeah. know nothing about it. So his nickname on set whenever he was wearing that costume was Doogie Himmler. Uh, so he shows up and he just exposition dumps the hell out of it. He's like, yeah, so the reason we're not carpet bombing the planet is there's a brain bug there. Anyways... Time for the next operation. And they go to the next operation. Rico, 
because he killed the captain, it feels like. I know he was. T- it's, I know it's actually chain of command, but it really feels like the way to get promoted in this military is just killing the last guy. Yeah, uh, basically. So he's in charge of the Roughnecks now. They're Rico's Roughnecks, and he has a bunch of new recruits, and they literally cast children. Like they're like the recruits were looking. Like one of them is clearly like a 12 year old kid (laughs) and it's like wow they look so young which is another thing from all quiet on the western front like they are clearly i think doing bits based on all quiet on the western front for their bug space movie uh during the military operation carmen's ship gets shot down actually like her spaceship gets cleaved in half and uh, they need to flee. Her captain dies. Whatever. Yada yada yada. Her and Xander. Another get... very very emotionless. I'm going to die here. I'm dying. No. Yeah. Yes. You must go. I can't go. Come with me. Okay. And essentially, they're the only two that make it off the ship. Is yeah. her and what's you, his face? You described it as like Disney Channel movie acting. Like that yeah, very dry and yeah. sad. Um. Uh, yeah, you compared it to the movie Blue Lagoon, The Return. <laughs> no, no, not Return, not Blue Lagoon Return. Mm-hmm. There's specifically Blue Lagoon Something Lost or whatever. Oh. That's like, kind of like a family channel movie. Yeah. I missed you after the island. I missed you too. So yeah, she gets shot down in Crashlands and Rico actually receives her like, uh, SOS, the call they make. But... He's learned to be a good soldier, so he doesn't go and go and try to help her. Uh, but actually, instead of being killed, uh, Xander and Carmen, they're only injured by the arachnids, and they're actually dragged to the brain bug. Just a little thing about the brain bug. I don't, if you've ever watched this movie, hmm. you come into a thing in brain bug. Hmm. It's going to be a small little creature that crawls into people's heads. Hmm. That's what I had in mind. Mm. Not a big blob with a pointy straw. That's literally carried around by smaller bugs? Yes. So you you didn't think that its vagina-like face would shoot out a penis that sucks out people's brains? I mean, no. I just wonder if there is a way to design grotesque alien creatures without it inevitably coming down to vagina and penis comparisons. Because yes. it's really hard. Yeah, there is. You do, I think you just want to believe Literally that. all the other arachnids? Fine. I don't know. I think they all kind of look like penises. <laughs> <laughs> they look like daddy long legs <laughs> with a bit thicker of a leg. <laughs> Half so, mosquito, maybe. So so they get taken to the brain bug. Um, and then... Uh, Rico- they could have copied actual bugs. Like, they did. You didn't? They could have just done a giant mosquito if they wanted to go that route. But then they couldn't go with the thing Carmen does with the knife. It wouldn't mean as much to the male audience. Is that actually... No, I don't know. Oh, I, I like... have no, I, I have no idea. Any sexual imagery relating to aliens, I blame one hundred percent on H.R. Giger and the movie Alien, which I'll also make you watch at some point, uh, because that movie is literally like 
intentionally phallic and yonic imagery all over the place and it's supposed to make the male audience feel almost assaulted by the way the alien attacks them. Ah. Blame H.R. Giger. For a lot of things, actually. Just the state of the modern world. So they get taken to the brain bug. (laughs) (laughs) Ah yes, brain bug. (laughs) Rico is going down with his child soldiers into a tunnel and and (laughs) he gets a psychic inkling. (laughs) He just is literally like Carmen's that way. And they're like, no, she's dead. And he's like, oh, I know. She's alive. Yeah. And then uh, he makes Ace and uh, uh, another character who is a named character who had dialogue. And I just didn't write his name down at any point. He barely talks and he shows up to do one thing and we'll talk about it in a second. He makes those two come with him and he sends the child soldiers off alone. I was. He doesn't make them go with him. He doesn't. He. They say that um, it's like against the not. Against You'll get the executed if you take us off mission. Yes, yeah. and so he says, "I need two volunteers," and then walks away. Yeah. So they do choose to go with. They him. do choose. Yes. So they go down. Uh, the brain bug kills Xander because Xander was always there to just like be a romantic rival and then get pushed out of the way. Same it sucks. This. It sucks out his brain, but Xander says a line that, once again, if we're talking about these characters being coded as Nazis, oh boy, this one is not subtle. And it is, one day, someone like me is gonna kill someone like you. And your whole damn race. (laughs) Weird to call another species a race, but... Yeah, interesting. It's not like they're coding them as anything. What do you mean? So uh, then the brain, he tries to brain probe uh, Carmen, but she has a knife and she cuts off its brain probe bit. Ha ha! Yeah. Knives do work. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is the payoff, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Xander throws the knife back to her. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah. Uh, they, they, that is the planned payoff of training with knives. So They had to. And they had to pay that off. I mean, if you're chopping someone's hand with a knife. What then happens very quickly is Rico threatens the brain bug with a nuke, uh, saying they'll blow up everybody. He manages to get Carmen. And then the third guy who came with them sacrifices himself by staying behind. And I think, what, blowing up or does he just shoot them? I think he gets hurt. He gets hurt and he's like, leave me. And And they're like, no. And he's like, yes. And they're like, okay. And that's like the third (laughs) or fourth time that's happened in this movie. Uh, So they leave that guy. That guy dies and they all escape. And then they get out and everybody's celebrating. Because who, who else but Mr. Krabs Private Zim captured the brain bug himself. And uh, Also, no help. None. No help. It sounds like it was entirely just him. Once again, the, the, the messaging of these characters, the teacher and then Sergeant Zim demoting himself on purpose so he can go fight and die on the front lines is just hilarious. So uh, everyone's happy. They caught the brain bug and Neil Patrick Harris shows up in his Nazi regalia, puts his hand on the thing's head and just goes, it's afraid. And everyone just, like, loses their... They just start cheering so much. It's, uh... Because they were... They they definitely weren't afraid before. Yeah. <laughs> we can instill fear in them. Now we can control them. Uh, so uh, then we cut to a final propaganda video where it's revealed that Carmen is the captain of her own ship now. 
Uh, they, Neil Patrick Harris's crew, are torturing the brain bugs by inserting, like, metal probes into it. Uh, which I don't understand how that would teach you anything about it, but whatever. And that they're planning another attack on Clendathu, and Rico is leading his infantry along. And Rico, to prove he's now a leader, he literally just says the thing his teacher would say to people before battle, which is, Come on, you apes, you want to live forever? So he says that, and clearly he's learned to be a leader, but what he's really learned is to just parrot what someone else says until he inevitably dies, like the last guy did. Uh, and then it ends with the, like, words on the screen, just, keep, they'll keep fighting and they'll win! And then I think it's like, service guarantees citizenship! And that's the end of the movie. So, yeah, that's the synopsis of Starship Troopers. Um, or how I see in my notes I like to call it. A story of how a high school face football gave lessons to thrive in the army. <laughs> we called this movie sci-fi. Do you think there's any other genre we could apply to it beyond sci-fi? Because I, I have one clear in my head. Bad. Com- <laughs> Bad. <laughs> I was going to say a comedy. Because uh, it okay, is absolutely okay. a comedy. So I was wrong. It's not a serious space balls. No, it is not a serious space balls. It definitely is a comedy. It is 100% a comedy. People at the time didn't necessarily realize that this was a movie that was... Like, you you watch this movie, you don't really get the impression that the humans are good, right? Like, you get the impression that, like, these people kind of feel like Nazis. And then it codes them as Nazis. And some people saw that movie when it came out, and they were like, Wow, I can't believe they made a pro-Nazi movie. That is actually some of the responses that people that's, had to the movie. That's fair. That <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose it's... Fi- I don't... I think it, the thing about it is that it makes all of the characters look like idiots. And it makes Nazis look like idiots. Yes. But they win. <laughs> they do win. That is the thing. So one of the theories that people actually have about this movie is that... It is a movie that is the movie that the fascist government depicted in the movie would make about itself. Mm. Like, it is the movie that, in, to the point where, like, there are deliberate references to uh, Triumph of the Will, which is the most famous Nazi movie. Like, it's a movie made by the Nazis for the purpose of propaganda. And they use it, like, but they use it in ways to be like, look how great we humans are. Sounds also like a cult leader. It does. We know of. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, it totally does sound like a cult leader we know of. We should watch, uh, what's it called? Uh, messenger from god i want to find Uh, msg msg messenger from god the cult leader's movie about himself this movie being accused of being pro-nazi is especially hilarious when you consider that paul verhoeven the director of this movie was a child in nazi occupied holland well i think how do i say it Mm. it makes sense for him to mock because it like yeah. if you look at it from that way he's mocking the nazis yes right the other factor to take into play with this is this is not a movie that is like he, he didn't actually read the entire book but this is a movie that's based on a book and it's based on a very serious book 
the book I should have gotten the year year it was published, but uh, the book Starship Troopers, written by Robert Heinlein in the 1950s. Heinlein wrote this book specifically because he heard that the United States was going to cease doing nuclear tests. And he was like, the fuck you are? The frick you are? What about the Soviets? We need to nuke the Soviets and China! Uh, so it's a book that pretty explicitly like outlays how Robert Heinlein thinks society should be. So things like, you can't vote unless you serve in the military. Um, or do civil service. Uh, encourages strongly things like corporal and capital punishment. So the scene where like he's getting whipped and Zim is like, it's okay, man. It happens to all of us. It's actually good that they're doing this. I still find it weird, though, for like a future thing to mm -hmm. be like, we got lasers. We got all the cool things. Yeah. Thick rope. Thick rope. But the the funny thing is, that's not even the movie. The book does that. That is a scene from the book. Him getting, he's like, yeah, in the future, what we're going to need to do is whip our soldiers if they screw up. Um, yeah, so uh, people should only have rights that they will fight and die to protect. And that violence is often a necessity. What this book movie actually is is taking the point of view presented in this book and intentionally trying to make it look as stupid as it possibly can basically the goal of the movie is making the actual ideology it puts forth look ridiculous and kind of sad paul verhoeven even has a quote that is uh, i'm paraphrasing here uh, so we have this utopian society. We have all this technology and all it's good for. The only thing we use it for is killing fucking bugs. I don't think this is, I don't think this uh, turns you around on the movie at all. In fact, I think, I assume you basically got, not necessarily the stuff about Paul Verhoeven, but you kind of picked up that the movie was not taking itself very seriously. No. <laughs> There were many instances <laughs> where watching the movie, I thought, oh, it's just making fun of everything. Yeah. Uh, okay, are there any points on your pieces of paper that we didn't go over? Um, okay, so things I liked. Hmm. The ferret. Oh, there's a ferret. There is a ferret. And it's kind of like, quote unquote, like an introduction to Barney character. Yeah, uh, to his psychic powers. Yeah. They're doing a psychic test where he's trying to tell what card uh, Barney is looking at. And then he talks to the ferret and the ferret runs off. So I, I liked the ferret. It never comes back. No. Um, In fact, we can only assume that if it wasn't already dead, it does get killed when an asteroid hits Buenos Aires. Another one. This, mm -hmm. this makes me sound so dopey headed but i liked how generic the sports team name was they were just called the tigers <laughs> i forgot about that and in my notes i said unoriginal but big kitty so <laughs> there's that i yeah. liked that yeah i was looking for positives i do like how ridiculous and dumb we'll say dumb the sport was mm. the fact that it was like 
an aluminum football, mm. essentially. Now, those are the things I like. Yeah, those are, that's that's all you liked about this movie, huh? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, you also did have the line, I don't want to go on vacation, I want to be a citizen. As a I thing do like. love that quote. <laughs> I think that's like 15 minutes into the start of the movie. That is the last time you liked something in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then apparently an hour into it, I was like, what is this movie about? <laughs> okay, what are the big nopes? This is also going to make me sound a little, woo. I wrote, no, Poppy, that's not necessary. There is a moment in the movie where there's like a puppy smoosh. It's when the meteor or the, oh, yeah. the like, asteroid hits Argentina. And it's, like, showing the devastation. And then there's just a puppy oh, yeah. smushed between rocks and, like, impaled by, like, poles. I totally forgot about that. And I don't think that was necessary. <laughs> we get it. It's devastating. Leave the dogs out of it. <laughs> yeah, um, that doesn't pass the does the dog die dot com test. No. I mean, I didn't know the dog. But still, yeah. it's not necessary. No. There's another scene that I absolutely, absolutely despised. Mm -hmm. And it was when the news guy or broadcaster is talking and the people are walking in and one of them just says, yum, 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 as she's walking. I felt that in my body in such a bad way <laughs> that I rejected the movie so hard after that like as soon as she said num num yum yum yum, yum, yum. yum. it made me think gobble 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 and Ooh. i couldn't survive from the, the rest. classic film Gigli, uh it's turkey time <laughs> gobble gobble don't watch Gigli. no no that was like our first year dating that was our first how did you stay with me i don't know <laughs> i don't know i'm still here all right, things that confuse you about mm. Starship Troopers. One oh. really big oh. note for me. Mm -hmm. I felt horrible for the bugs. Yeah. Like, absolutely horrible. <laughs> I was like, I I want all these people to die. Obviously not, because I then would be doing yeah. the opposite. But, you know. The bugs are like... They're they, scared. They they're look scared a lot of the time. <laughs> like... Before they die, their eyes, I think one gets shot yeah. and he's like, did you see his eyes? Yeah. He looked a little frightened. And it's like, well, you, yeah. You see, <laughs> you see the alien's eyes, like the bugs, the normal, like, soldier grunt bugs. You see their eyes like twice in the movie. And both times you see their eyes, they don't look angry and they don't look happy. They look afraid. They look terrified. Yeah. yeah All so. right. So those are my big nopes. Mm -hmm. I think I will just talk about the things I just didn't like first. Sure. Um, uh, something I just didn't like, I mentioned before, was the fear and urgency acting from pilots mm -hmm. was absolute Wouldn't. trash. Yeah. Um, bringing characters in and making them just important enough to kill them off is... One of the biggest themes in this movie. Like, you know, Sarge, you're really important to me. And now that I've said that, you're going to die. Um, <laughs> I wrote blah dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> blah dialogue. <laughs> How was the dialogue? Blah. blah. And the last one. 
spaceships, specifically fighter spaceships. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of them. You just don't like like the idea of spaceships in general, or no, no. I, I the think, one, you didn't I like think... the ships they flew. Yeah, it was too <laughs> sty- like Star Warsy, you know. Hundred percent, very Star Warsy. So there were some things that confused me. Mm-hmm. I did go over a couple. Mm-hmm. First one, um, at the near the beginning-ish when they're first learning, and that person's arm gets broken. Yeah, when uh, when uh, Sergeant Zim in training breaks a uh, character's arm, like in on the first day to kind of show force. Yeah, his arm gets put in a cast, but it's a cast that's see through. Yeah, and has. It's half full of a blue liquid? That confused me. The funniest thing about that is they never touch base on the arm cast. Or they No And they, they never they talk to him. It. They never talk to him about his broken arm. It's yeah. just he shows up with this blue liquid armband, basically. <laughs> and then that is it. And then, and then one day he doesn't have it. That's the Uh we did go over this one, but licensed to have a child, they just breeze right past that with mm-hmm. no other explanation. Um, write me. It's yeah. a video. That it's really lost you. That really lost a lot that, of points for this movie. I love handwriting letters, mm-hmm. and it hurt my soul to hear someone and watch someone say "write me" and then send a disc. The next time uh, I go anywhere, I'm gonna just uh, I'm gonna write you letters, and I'm just gonna send you videos on like Facebook Messenger. Or You're awful. And the last one that really confused me, we did talk about as well, and that was the evade danger button. Oh, yeah. In glass. Breaking glass like, to evade danger. Yeah. That does seem ridiculous. Yeah. Pointless. All right. Now, I think we're going to go. Uh, the last thing we'll do is is uh, scoring. But before that, we have to see how well you score on a game that I designed for you based on Starship Troopers. Now, Kmit. How many sequels do you think Starship Troopers should have? Okay, I'm going to answer this in two ways. Okay. I think it should have not even the first movie. Um, but right? I think... Not even once? There are five of them. You think there are five sequels? Yes. Okay. But you think no no Starship Troopers... Do you think the book should exist? I, I really can't give an opinion guess, yeah, on that. I don't, book, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you just, based on the first movie, you're like, that was too much already. I mean, if I'm reading the book, it's my imagination, so I know it will be good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Would I, would it change your mind if I told you the book was famous for popularizing the idea of power armor that people use to, like, jump over mountains and stuff in sci-fi? Or is that... I, I really can't give an opinion on the book. That's fair. Okay, great. But regardless, Starship Troopers, I am sorry to inform you as a film, does have a number of sequels. And I developed a game for you. Starship Troopers sequel game, real or fake? So what we're doing is I'm going to read you the titles of Starship Troopers sequel and descriptions of their plot. And you're going to tell me if they're real or not. I'm not going to tell you if they're real or fake until the very end of the game. Many of these had numbers on them, but I took all of the numbers off to not give you, obviously, to not give away what was or was not a sequel. So, first movie we have, Starship Troopers, Hero of the Federation. 
A squad of soldiers is pinned down on a world overrun by arachnids. Can disgraced Captain V.J. Dax get anyone off this planet alive? I'm gonna say that one's not real. Uh, okay. Starship Trooper's downfall. John Rico is tasked with hunting down his old friend Carl Jenkins, who may be slipping information to the arachnids. Will Rico be able to find his friend before he is either executed or betrays humanity? I'm gonna say that one's real. You say that one's real. Starship Troopers downfall. All right, next one. Starship Troopers, the King Bug. Thinking the brain bug is the highest unit in the arachnid hierarchy, Captain Dax and John Rico fall prey to the greatest threat humanity has ever seen. The king bug. Oh, that one's real. That, one's, that one has to be real. Alright. Starship Troopers. Traitor of Mars. Rico has been demoted and is working on Mars. Can he stop Sky Marshal Amy Snap from sacrificing the planet to the arachnids for political clout? By your laughing, I'm going to say it's real. I it, 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 I it Real or fake, that's a hilarious description for a starship troop. So I'm either <laughs> boosting your ego right now yeah. or... <laughs> All right. Starship Troopers, mandibles of the King Bug. Betrayed by Captain Dax and having fallen prey to the King Bug's machinations near Jupiter, Rico and Carl Jenkins can only watch helplessly as the King Bug orders the invasion of Earth. Will Carmen get the message to Earth in time? Let's say fake. I have too many reels in a row. <laughs> and honestly, You'll in believe... my brain, any of these are possible because they sound ridiculous. <laughs> You'll believe any of these. Uh, all right. Roughnecks, Starship Troopers. A prequel series detailing the exploits of Razik's Roughnecks. Um, uh, I could see that one being real, mm. but we're going to say fake. Starship Troopers Flight School. It has been 15 years since the destruction of Clandathu and the disappearance of John Rico. Can Carmen Ibanez train her new brash flight school students in time to face the new looming arachnid threat? Real. I swear, if all of these are real, I'm going to <laughs> eat myself out that window. I will, say, I will save you the not all of these are real. Starship Troopers. Invasion. John Rico finds himself trapped on the spaceship Warden that has been hacked by and is under the control of a bug queen. Can Rico stop her before she lands in Paris? That one can't be real. That one has to be fake. Paris? Really? No. And the last one. Starship Troopers squash the King Bug. Rico is hiding on an arachnid-controlled Earth. Will he and his new generation of roughnecks be able to meet up with Carmen, disguised in a robo-arachnid, and stop the King Bug once and for all? I pray to someone that that isn't real, but I'm going to say it's real. <laughs> okay, you might want to keep score you did, um... Bad? Yeah, yeah you did bad. <laughs> so Starship Troopers, hero of the Federation, the one that doesn't mention any of the characters from the first movie. 
That one's real. That's Starship Troopers 2. Ugh. <laughs> that's that's awesome. the second one. Uh, Starship Troopers Downfall. John Rico is tasked with hunting down his old friend Carl Jenkins, slipping information to the Arachnids, blah, blah, blah. I made that one up. Oh, good job. I mean, horrible. But... I mean, you just throw anything at the wall and it kind of makes sense. Starship Troopers The King Bug. That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> There's no king bug. Spoiler alert for the subsequent king what? bug ones. I like. I just gotta say, for my mini trilogy of the king bug, I find it very funny that you you said real for the first king bug. <laughs> for mandibles of the king bug, you were like not real, and then for squash the king bug, you were like real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I used zero brain power yeah. for this game. <laughs> this, <laughs> uh, it it kind of requires zero brain power to survive. Starship Troopers, Traitor of Mars. Rico has been demoted, is working on Mars. What did you say that one? I said real. You said that one was real? Is that the fourth one? That one uh that one is real. That is actually the most recent Starship Troopers movie. Uh, and that one is animated. Japanese Animation Studio did that one and one of the other ones on the list. And I believe Casper Van Diem actually is in those as John Rico as well. I okay. won't be watching that. Oh god, I don't want to watch... I don't want... No, all of these are bad. Oh, okay. All, all of these are bad movies. This is the only one we're watching out of these, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, no, 100%. Cool. I, I, I just don't think it's... Moving on. Uh, Okay, so Starship Troopers Mandibles of the King Bug. Not real. Uh, You got that one right. Uh, Roughnecks Starship Troopers, the prequel series detailing the exploits of Razak's Roughnecks. It wasn't a movie. It was a TV show. The early 2000s. An animated television show. It's slightly cheating. It is slightly cheating. Starship Troopers. I I did have a moment where I was like, it... It makes sense, but I don't want it to. Uh, Starship Troopers Flight School, 15 years since the destruction of Clan Dath and the disappearance of John Rico. No, it's not real. Dang. Uh, They couldn't couldn't get those actors back. Uh, (laughs) Starship Troopers Invasion. He finds himself trapped on a spaceship that's been hacked by and is under the control of a bug queen. That one's real. No. That one is real. I really thought because they said queen, it was out out of question. Mm. I would believe king more than queen. So uh, as these series progress, bug queens become a thing as well. And they're like bigger brain bugs, which is where I got the idea. Yeah, it's where I got the idea for the bug king. And uh, yeah, she is trying to land in Paris. I believe the final scene of this movie reveals that secretly there is a bug walking around in the sewers of Paris. They let one get through. And then uh, because of Invasion, this one is animated. It's the Japanese animation studio. He gets demoted because of what the Bug Queen is doing in Invasion. And then that's how he ends up in Mars for Traitor of Mars. Uh, I believe in Traitor of Mars, Carl psychically makes Diz, like his dead girlfriend, talk to him and be like, you have to save Mars. And then, of course, Starship Troopers squash the King Bug. Not With real. God, a movie where Carmen is disguised in a robo-arachnid would be... I did think that was a little far-fetched. <laughs> but I also don't know how far in the future these movies are going. Mm, that is a good point. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, what did you get out of... I got two right. And how many were there? Nine. There were not two out of nine. And uh, so how many movies are there? Uh, oh, I should have counted them. Uh, okay, so there are only three numbered. In fact, I don't believe I put the third... So there's Starship Troopers, uh, there's Starship Troopers, Hero of the Federation, and then there's Starship Troopers, Marauder, I believe, and that's the one where they convert the entire government to Christianity. Hmm. I'm not kidding. Uh, they do that. Uh, and then there is, uh, movies-wise, there's the prequel series of the Roughnecks, and then there's Starship Troopers Invasion and Starship Troopers Traitor of Mars. And the last one to come out was in 2017. So how many is that? Uh, let's see. Two. Including the show. So, oh, including the show? Six. Okay, not including the show. Is it five? Not including the show. It's five, yeah. So, I was kind of right. You were kind of right. <laughs> That's basically all I was getting at there. Uh, you were right with your prediction. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> you were. Do we have anything else? Well, I guess it's just the time to find out what score would you give Starship Troopers? Out of what? Like, what are, what's the... That's a good point. Uh, let's just do 10 point score. 10 point scale. So, one abysmal. 10. All right. Perfect. So, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Start from 10. Mm-hmm. We're going to count down. The movie itself, yeah. we're down to nine. The okay. puppy died, we're down to eight. Okay. Um, bad acting, bugs could have been better, character development was poor, um, ferret didn't have enough screen time. Oh god. Let's give it a three. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, just for, uh, you know, no one can see. She just looked at her hand with four uh, <laughs> fingers on it still, and she just lowered the last one. And said, Let's give it a three. <laughs> All right, so Starship Troopers, three out of ten. On a good day. Yeah. And uh, I suppose that wraps up our first episode of My Girlfriend's Not Going to Enjoy This. And I and did not. Our first episode of Crime It Mode. So, before we go off, do we have anything we want to say? I suppose we can promote some things. Yeah. Uh, Once a month, we do a thing. Yeah, we do... uh, I I stream on Twitch at least once a week, usually, unless life comes up. Uh, And I stream at I Apologize Profusely. I mostly pl- try to play weird video games and, yeah, subject my friends to them as well. Weird and old, mostly. And then once a month, I will go play Yeah, you'll play a game games. with me. Uh, we've done it once. Uh, it's the streaming version of My Girlfriend's Not Going to Enjoy This. And you played last time Asura's Wrath and Katamari Forever. And because no one knows me, yeah. uh, I don't like video games. You don't like video games and you don't like the movies I like. Yeah, so we're a perfect match. Beautiful. Uh, we have a YouTube channel that we have not uploaded anything to yet. But we we're... are working on it. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah, we're working on some sketches and that would be Crime It Mode is the name of the YouTube channel. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at kry.mit.mode at gmail.com. If you liked our first podcast, one podcast, yeah. that's the word, thank you. Uh, and you have some content you would like heard, 
send to said email. Ooh, send suggestions, yeah. Send suggestions. Uh, this podcast won't be this every week. We're going to have a no. few different formats. But... Um, our podcast is going to work kind of like my brain, where it will almost never be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to push for this section a lot, just because... Because he get, wants to watch movies he likes. I get to watch movies I like, yeah. Until next time, I will keep fighting to watch movies that you won't enjoy. And, and I, I will win. What were well, you gonna... and I will just say no. Yeah. Boundaries are important. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, thanks for watching this one. And well, thank did you they for not watching? <laughs>